Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery... Well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast, brought to you by the team behind BikeRadar.com, Cycling Plus, and MBUK magazines. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe. And if you can do so, leave us a rating on your podcast provider of choice. It really helps us reach other cyclists like you. Hello there, welcome to the Bike Credit Podcast. My name is Tom Marvin, Senior Technical Editor here at BikeCredit.com and at MBK Magazine as well. Joining me in the podcast studio today, we have Liam Carhill. He is our road and gravel presenter on our YouTube channel. Hello, Liam, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Lovely stuff. And we have Oscar Huckle. He is our technical writer on BikeCredit.com. How are you doing, Oscar? Yeah, not too bad, thanks, Tom. Excellent. Oscar, what have you been up to recently? Uh, so lately, I've been testing eight pairs of budget bib shorts, um, and they all cost £110 or under, so it depends on your definition of budget. I was going to say, it's yeah. that budget. <laughs> uh, so plenty of riding, getting to know them and uh, getting the miles in, and now writing them up. So having to write eight reviews of different bib shorts and having to change the words in between them is uh, quite a lot of work. <laughs> it is quite a lot. Of, I did six bib shorts uh, last autumn. It's a lot of work and a lot of that work has gone missing subsequently <laughs> so I'm going to have to redo it. Frustrating but yeah my my definition of budget is perhaps a little bit lower than £110. Do you get raffle ones? In for yeah. That? Yeah I had a set of raffles that were about 110 quid, and for the feel and the quality of them I was pretty impressed. So I've also got some raffles in there and I'd say they're towards the upper end of the pack. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are a couple of options that, that I think are better. Do tell. Uh, Give so, us a hint. Uh, well, a an Italian brand of a scorpion, I think, gets top honours. Uh-huh. I've been really impressed by a pair of Alley shorts. Uh, okay. I've never used any of their products before, and yeah. they're really good. I had a pair from a brand called Riverside, which I think was a decathlon brand. I think it's a decathlon brand. And they were like 50 quid. I did storage bibs, so ones with little pockets on. And they had really nice compression. They had like quite a nice material. The pad was... Okay, but for 50 quid, I was really impressed. 
Unfortunately, I can't say the same about my uh, decathlon ones that I've tested. Oh, well, spoiler alert, yeah. you'll have to read bikeradar.com in the next few weeks. Just, just quickly, top tip is go and buy last year's team kit. Because everyone like Merlin Cycles does it at like 60-something percent discount. Uh, okay. You have to out- advertise something uh, like I was gonna say. Caffeine Shampoo or a petrochemical state or company. <laughs> but you know... It's worth it for a decent saving on bibs. For the mountain bikers who maybe aren't wearing their bibs on show and are yeah. wearing it under baggy shorts, that is a great show. Absolutely. So there we go. Liam, what have we been up to recently? Um, you know what? Right. This this will be only be remembered by a select few old school bike radar people or readers. I have been riding... Do you remember the bike radar bar tape? Oh my God, I think I do. <laughs> I found a set. No. I found a set. I was given it as a prop for the new video studio. Uh-huh. And then uh, video managers said, no, 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 no. It's far too small. Can't use that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, hmm, my, my winter bike needs some new bar tape. So I've, oh I, the, the pink Kinesis has some gray bar tape. Wow. Thankfully, it matches my mud guards and my brake calipers, mm-hmm. um, slowly making it all match. Um, but yeah, it's cracking bar tape well i don't know the brand name because there was no I mean, bike uh, yeah <laughs> there was no branding on it which was helpful <laughs> and i've wrapped it in a way that you can't see the bike radar logos uh, liam i'm disappointed uh, now no 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 i didn't want it i didn't want bike radar staring up at me <laughs> on a sunday ride when i was already feeling miserable like in the winter <laughs> just going oh monday tomorrow i gotta go back i gotta go back to where they make me write things oh dear that's what I've been doing. Nice, I like it. That's good. That's good. Have you been, Tom? I've been all right, thanks. Yes, uh, I have been testing cross-country race bikes, which has been fun. And also, I recently fitted SRAM's XXSL transmission to my long-term bike, which, uh, as someone who is mechanically incompetent, I'm not going to say was fun, but was achievable. <laughs> so yeah, I've, I've been I've been doing a lot of that. I know I've, I've just been away, not riding bikes for a few days, which is always nice going away and not having to think about bikes for a bit. So uh, yeah, instead got my boogie on, went dancing. Right in this episode of the Bike Radar Podcast, we are looking at ways to make your components last longer. We are sadly in the middle of a bit of a cost of living crisis. Belts are being tightened, and so our bikes, which are you know they're a leisure activity, they're maybe not top of the priority list of things to spend your money on. We do need to make them last a little bit longer. There are plenty of ways that you can make your components last longer. And Oscar, as our resident expert on all things in the workshop, we thought we'd drag you into the studio, along with Liam for a bit of colour, to talk about those components and the way we can make them go a bit further. So, we're not going to cover everything because Oscar did write an excellent piece on bikeradar.com. And if you are wondering if there are any more ways to keep your components lasting longer, you could just head to bikeradar.com and have a read of your article but we thought it'd be an interesting podcast discussion to have. So we're going to start with the first one, which is possibly the most of the obvious ones, and that's cleaning your bike. Do you want to talk us through a very quick how-to, why, maybe what not to do when it comes to cleaning your bike? Yeah, so as you said, it's an obvious one, but it really is the best way to make your bike's components run smoother and last longer. I'd recommend getting getting into the into a regular habit of, of cleaning your bike. So, if in the summer, perhaps once a week, if you're riding it regularly, um, or in the winter, after every ride, because all the salt and grit from the roads and trails just chuck up onto your components and uh, eat through them if you don't look after them. So, it doesn't need to be hard. I like to clean my bike immediately after I finish a ride, so before I go into mm. into the house, because that way the job's done and out of the way with. 
Um, start by wetting the bike and the drivetrain, then spray degreaser on the chain and agitate it into the drivetrain. And then um, that normally takes three to five minutes to work its magic. So while you're doing that, clean the rest of the frame with bike cleaner. And then once you've done that, move back to the drivetrain, get all the degreaser off, the chain should be sparkling clean, dry the bike and then and then stick some chain lube on the chain. Um, don't leave it overnight or for a while because otherwise it may start to rust. Mm-hmm. And it's as simple as that, really. But don't use dry lube because then you'll anger Simon. Uh, yeah, you will. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, no, been, yeah. he's been on all of us. Are we not meant to be dipping our whole bikes in wax or something? Something like just that. Just makes it yeah. go faster. Um, basically, it's wet lube or wax right, okay. for Simon. Liam, um, are you a fan of the hose? Are you a fan of the brush and bucket? Or are you a fan, as I am, of the power washer. I meet you in the middle because I come from the world of cyclocross, which is all-encompassing. So yeah, I, I go with Oscar's uh, method. If I have a power wash available, mountain bikes do not stand a chance with me. <laughs> I love pressure washing mm-hmm. things. Um, I'll do the car as well. Why yeah, not? Why not I, I love time. it. I'm having great fun. Personally, my my biggest tip is to get a shoe brush on the old cassette because that makes it nice and sparkly so if you've got a shoe brush and some degreaser you can have a pro looking bike pretty quickly nice i uh as i've been hinted at i'm a big fan of the pressure washer um i am pretty lazy uh, and i'm maybe not the most uh concerned with longevity of my bike which is terrible because i'm an awful human being but i do tend to uh spray get everything a little bit wet spray on some muck off everywhere and then leave it a few minutes while I maybe clean my shoes. I'm, I actually agree with you, Oscar. Clean your bike as soon as you get home, and at the same time, scrub off your shoes, get some mud off your, the back of your shorts, all that sort of jazz, um, and you can slowly defrost if it's in the winter when you once you've cleaned your bike. Um, and then, yeah, get the power washer on it, spray everything off, and just chuck it in the garage. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. But if you are looking at longevity, do take a little bit more care. I did actually just recently answered a letter which came to MBK's Grime Time. MBK is an excellent magazine. Um, and I write the Grime Time tech Q&A, I guess, in there. And someone asked about keeping the suspension forks well lubed and well looked after. And we are going to talk about suspension in a bit, but it is important to take good care of your fork and shock. One more thing I'd say as well is it's a good idea to regularly monitor your uh, chain wear. Mm. Um, because if so, you can buy a chain checker. And if your chain has it has 11, 12 or 13 uh, speeds, then that should be uh, changed when it's at 0.5%. Uh, anything below that, 0.75. And if you catch it on time, then you can generally get three chains on one cassette. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, if you don't catch it on time, then it's chain, cassette, chain rings, and that's more expensive. So right, okay. um, by cleaning your bike and chain, you'll prolong its lifespan but also getting into the habit of checking your chain regularly will also help you catch catch the wear on time so that you don't get a nasty nasty bill to replace all three components in one in one go mm-hmm. is this a safe space for me to admit that i can now pull the chain off of the chain rings <laughs> i mean <laughs> This is a safe space, Liam. Thank you. It's okay. This is on my winter bike. I'd uh-huh. like to say that it has done some horrific miles this winter, uh, commuting over to the Bristol to Bath and Bath to Bristol. To be fair, if it's already all worn, you may as well run into the ground. Yeah, yeah exactly. Past that point. Yeah. Chain rings <laughs> gone. Why not? Excellent stuff. Now, as you mentioned, Oscar, when you clean your bike, this is a really good time to take in everything that's on your bike and it gives you a chance to really assess what's working and what's not and if we're looking at longevity catching those problems earlier on is key so like you say get a chain checker they only cost 
10 quid or something like that, and it will save you loads of money. At the same time, I would say that we're going to be looking after our brakes and rotors, which is the next one. Now, obviously, the world has moved towards disc brakes, but there are still plenty of people on rim brakes, quite rightly so. So should we very quickly talk about looking after your rim brakes, and then we'll talk about the world of disc brakes? Yeah, so with rim brakes, uh, I would say periodically you want to take the take the wheel out and maybe get a pick and pick out any shards of metal that's embedded its way in into the pad mm-hmm. and with, with rim brakes because the the braking surface of the of the rim is being broken on by the pad um giving that um a clean regularly is also a good tip to yeah. prolong its life okay Anything to add? Cables. Cables. We'll we'll that later. We're going to cover cables later off. Spoiler alert. We are going to talk about cables later. But the one thing I would say, actually, going back to that number one thing to do is cleaning your bike regularly, is if you're getting cleaning products anywhere near your brake rotors or your rims, give it a bloody good clean afterwards because that is going to destroy your braking performance. Mm -hmm. So if we're going to move on to the world of disc brakes, which is where a lot of people are going to be these days, there are two things that I'm going to sort of add to this. Other than cleaning your rotors, as the last thing you do on any cleaning routine is just make sure those rotors are nice and clean with a good, you know, whether it's an alcoholic spray or a proper brake cleaner, is first off, check the wear on your rotor because rotors over time will wear. You'll notice that you'll get like a little lip down towards the center of the braking track or maybe at the top if they're not particularly well adjusted, perhaps. And when they get thinner, they're less able to dissipate heat properly. They are Gen- they generate less power in general they're more likely to fail and you just won't be getting the best out of them and it is really important to keep on top of your brakes because problems on sort of the cheaper end of scales in terms of rotors and pads can lead to problems for the more expensive things i.e., your calipers and the whole brake system just add to that with the rotors that when you are checking uh, their their width it's worth checking it in multiple places mm. and then going with the smallest measurement good good tip and also the same thing you know looking at your brake pads brake pad performance declines from about 50% wear onwards. So while we're not saying you have to replace them at 50%, if you notice that your brakes aren't performing quite as well as they could, it might be worth checking where they're at. And if you are going somewhere where you think, oh, I'm going for a couple of days away in, in Wales and I'm going to ride some big hills and I've got plenty of meat left on them, your braking performance might not be quite as good. And what you don't want to do, obviously, is wear all the way through the brake pad material onto the metal backing plate because that is a recipe for disaster that I've been through many times it turns out your brake piston itself isn't a very effective brake. No, it really isn't. On pistons, actually, um, if you are taking the pads out to analyse them, this is a really good chance to clean the piston Mm. walls. Because if you're going to get that ting, ting, ting of your brake pads not retracting, it is simply dirt buildup on the piston walls. So get your acetone. It's great. Buy it off eBay. Big old bottle some little scrubby brushes or your earwax cleaner things earwax cleaner things um, and get in there with some acetone Mm. Um, really really good performance upgrade and don't press your pistons back into the caliper before you've cleaned them because otherwise that introduces that dirt back into the caliper and you will never get that out and that's Pretty much your caliper's ruined. One thing you'll find is this sticky brake piston thing is a, is a real problem, especially on you know heavily used brakes. You know when you've got a lot of brake dust around there, a lot of dirt, or on mountain bikes, it happens quite a lot, and it can lead to you know not cleaning those pistons can lead to pitting of the pistons, which really ruins your brakes down the line. So what you can do is if you've noticed you've got sticky pistons, you can use a tire lever to lever against maybe a less sticky piston, and, and if you gently squeeze your brake lever 
you will see the the, pass, the the piston getting pushed out gently. Don't go too far because you'll pop them out, and that's also really annoying. I've done that. You, we've great, all done great that. Fun. Luckily, I haven't. <laughs> Apart <laughs> from Oscar, yeah. <laughs> his little halo is ringing around his head. He has never popped out a piston. Well done, you. Uh, be careful of not popping your pistons out because it's a pain in the ass. But that's a really good way to then, as I say, clean off those pistons with a cotton swab or a little brush, some acetone or some brake cleaner, and then push them back in. Do the other side. And if you work your pistons in and out a little bit once they've been cleaned of the obvious detritus, it will help uh, with those pistons sliding through the seals. If you want to know how brake calipers work, I'm trying to think if we've ever written a, a proper article. There is a buyer's guide to brakes. But I'm not sure if it goes into that detail. It may be on there. If it isn't, I've written about that in MBUK. Um, but the way brakes and pistons and seals work is quite interesting. But it is worth keeping them clean to make sure. I would say as well that you need to be really careful when you're pushing pistons back in. Um, so particularly Shimano ones, they're made of ceramic, mm. and uh, it doesn't take very much to break them. Yeah. Uh, so I I like to use a plastic tire lever. Yes. And try and avoid using a metal piston press or pushing on it too hard. Yeah. Or put some old pads back in. You could. Yeah, it's a good tip. Yeah. And if you if you there's ways to kind of damage your pads and rotors, and if you've got them contaminated with anything mm-hmm. it's not necessarily the end of the world because i've found especially with new pads that i've kind of just put on and you know maybe got some oil on if you get the pads out and then sand them down mm. with some just normal sandpaper and get some acetone in there really go at them you can get them back to being pretty much fresh yeah unless you really ruin them you can i've I've on the trail i've taken pads out and like rubbed them on the road when they've been a bit glazed or they've got a bit of road grime or whatever take them out rub them on the road you'll take that top surface off um you know and then go and find a big hill and get them real hot you might be able to rescue them for sure yeah. another way of doing it is you could um try and burn the contaminants off with a blowtorch that's the best <laughs> there's the nuclear yeah. option yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't always work no but it is fun it is fun but always take care and uh, use appropriate safety. Get an adult. Get an adult. (laughs) Eye protection. Trust me on that one. Right, we are now going to move on to uh, what might be Liam's favourite topic, it seems, because he brought it up earlier before we even got to it. Keeping your cables clean. Go on, Liam. Give us a lowdown. I had a uh, Cannondale Super 6 that had um, quite interesting cable routing, and it became my favourite thing to absolutely optimise the cable runs on anything. Said no one ever. Said no one ever. Uh, that's what I'd do on a Friday night. <laughs> yeah, if you can optimize the length of your cable housing, making it as short as possible without compromising the bend radius. Uh, yeah. Then you will basically get the smoothest operation of your brakes that will allow you to have the most power from your brakes. If you're dealing with mechanical shifting, it will give you the snappiest shifting. It will ensure that your shifting is more easily tuned. And yeah, there are there are so many little things that you can do with your cables, opening up the burrs on the end of mm. end of housings, um, and yeah, just ensuring that. I know that there was a time when putting a bit of oil on your cable in as was really popular. I think the pro mechanics started doing it. It's great for a pro rider that's mm-hmm. going to you know have their cables changed. But if you do that and then dirt gets introduced you just add friction to the system so leave them dry is my top that's actually something that i like to do but only if the manufacturer doesn't say otherwise yeah um i think if you've got teflon coated you shouldn't you're fine and i always did um yeah i'm uh, yeah this is one of the reasons why 
Strum's wireless stuff is, <laughs> I want to say that I'm like, I'm like, oh, thank God for that. <laughs> I don't have to worry about my cables because I'm terrible at looking at it. I mean, in terms of uh, keeping your wire lasting a long time, charge your batteries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there we go. Um, anything else to add on the cable front, Oscar? Maybe when we're talking about gears, because obviously uh, we've all, a lot of us have got hydraulic disc brakes these days, but uh, there's still many people right, quite rightly rocking around on cable uh, mechanical drive trains. Yeah, so two tips, I think. Uh, so with um, hydraulic hoses, it's always worth having them a tiny bit longer uh, because if you need to, um, well, for example, if your bike is integrated and you've got to, and you've got to change your headset bearing, um, the olives and barbs can't be reused, for example, on Shimano ones. And um, because you have to cut it before you can in- install a new one, if the hose has been cut to the optimal length, then it'll be too short and you, and you, and you then got to um, uh, buy a new hose. So I would actually have the hoses a bit longer for that reason. Hoses are expensive. They are, days. yeah. They're a bit of, they can be a bit of a nightmare to replace. Yeah. yeah. Um, and um, I'd always recommend investing in higher quality gear cables if you can uh, and if the manufacturer recommends you do so. Uh, because it makes such a big difference and they will last longer than, than the stock option generally. Okay, so they might cost more initially, but they'll last longer in the long run. Yeah, but that 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 tip is only really true of um, some Shimano mechanical systems and SRAM. So, for example, Jaguar makes some um, really good options. Um, with Campag, they recommend you use their maximum smoothness cables on 12 and 13 speed. And um, whenever I've seen bikes that use something else, they, the shifting's never quite as good. Right. Um, so Campag, I would stick with the maximum smoothness cables. My favourite ever was Jaguar's Elite Link cable yep. system. Metal uh, little link uh, that, like, cable knock-on system. system from about yeah. 10 years ago, right? Yeah, uh, that stuff, it, you can keep little bits of the, the system in your toolbox. And mm. then if you need to go, for some reason, lengthen your cables, you, you just add Have links in. And, you know, you can get the, the sheathing that runs through and makes it smooth for tuppence on Amazon and whatnot. Okay. Really good, really good system. If it, Again, very expensive at the start, mm-hmm. but worth it in the long run. Right, okay. And we'll keep your bike running longer. It it kept me happy on a Friday night. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, um, personally, I've had mixed experiences with um, Shimano Durace cables because they have this like snakeskin coating on them. And over time, it tends to peel off and gum mm. at the shifter. Um, they do feel amazing, uh, but perhaps not the most durable. There's very little that competes with a fresh Shimano DA or XTR mm. feel. I, yeah, I, the text, the 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 bikes I was testing recently, one had access, uh, and one had um, well, two of them actually had XT shifters with XTR Max. It's, it's a beautiful thing, like when they're working, both both systems but when they're working this they feel so good and you can maintain that feeling by having good cables and good cable hygiene there we go right we'll move on to bearings now when we were discussing this podcast as i said before if you go to bikeradio.com there's a full article with 10 different things and i wasn't going to put bearings in there but oscar made its case so oscar you're gonna have to justify bearings Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
Look on your happy price, price line. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So essentially anything that moves on your bike is controlled by a bearing. So it's worth looking after them um, to prolong their life. Got bearings, or the most prominent ones are the headset, bottom bracket. If you've got a full suspension mountain bike, then there's frame bearings. And your bike's not going to ride particularly nicely um, if if they're worn out. Um, so periodically um, going over them, checking that there isn't any play and that they're sufficiently greased. Cleaning out any contaminants and re-greasing them is something I'd recommend um, particularly with the lower headset bearing, because all of the grit and crap from the road tends to flick up at that, whereas the upper bearing is somewhat protected by the um, by the top cap and and the stem and the spacers, and also the non drive side bottom bracket bearing is also the one that tends to wear out quicker. Um, why is that? Uh, because the drive side's covered by the crank set. Uh, so yeah, look after those. Um, again, might be worth investing in. Uh, better quality options personally i'm i'm not i'm not convinced on ceramic bearings but a good steel bearing is perfect we're all shaking our head at ceramic bearings by the way yeah yeah just not worth it um f- for me one of the top tips is if you're building a bike that's going to see mixed con- conditions treat it to proper waterproof grease for mm-hmm. god's sake especially on something like the headset you know ceramic speed and, and other bearing manufacturers do headset bearings made out of ceramic what are you doing lightening the steering Mm. no 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 no. let's just protect those bearings make sure that they're going to run smoothly for the bike's lifetime aquamarine grease is my best friend especially in the bottom bracket wheel bearings headset bearings of my winter bike it just means that it's just going to run smoothly for the entire time of the bike. I would say that I'm intrigued by Ceramic Speed's SLT headset bearings yes. because supposedly they're they're maintenance free. Supposedly, oh. I think a few people uh, didn't Kane Creek have a maintenance free bearing at some point in recent mm. years as well. Not like, sure. It's in a blue, the bearings are held in some sort of blue bearing race of some sort. I don't know. I have two questions on bearings for you both. First off, when we're building up bikes and you get your carbon grease. For example, and it says, "Oh, you should, and you know, you should use carbon. It's got like little gritty bits in. It. It's good for your seat post and stuff like that." Obviously, don't put it on your seat post. Is my don't put that's carbon controversial. Grease. Yeah, that's controversial. Well, uh, so no, I'm gonna, I'm obviously gonna delve into some controversy. So one of the reasons why I heard that there was you had carbon grease apart from not carbon gripper, but carbon grease was because carbon the material doesn't necessarily like regular grease. If you're greasing up your bike to last a winter. And you're, you've got like a carbon head tube with integrated bearings. What do I use? For me, that's nonsense. I'd use anything. Right. Um, I mean, I used to work in a carbon repair company and I've never seen a bit. A carbon bike damaged by grease. No. Okay. Question number two, very quickly then. If I have some bearings and they feel okay, I have been known in the past to take a Stanley blade, 
pull off that rubber seal and pack them full of grease. Depends how you get them out. If you've ham-fistedly, yeah. If you've whacked them on one side with um, like the first thing that you've got out of the toolbox, mm. like a hammer and a screwdriver, screwdriver, yeah. All right. So we need to replace those bearings because what you will have done is loaded one of the races basically, and it won't have liked it. Right. So we need to replace those bearings with a, a, a new set and press them in nice and mm-hmm. nice and square. You don't need a specific tool for doing that, mm-hmm. just as long as you take your time and they go in nice and square. Okay. Um, but can I pull that bearing apart to f- yeah. fill it with grease? Yeah, I, I've done that so many times right, in the past. Okay. And, and you'll, you'll have ones, especially I find the kind of ceramic ones that you get in certain wheel manufacturers' hubs. I will tap them out gently get the seals off and they'll feel quite gritty because mm. because the grease that they put in there is quite light yeah and i'll just pack it with a you know a decent weight lube you're not racing the tour de france you're not going to feel it in your top speeds mm-hmm. pack it with some decent grease put them back in and they should be smooth if they're still rough after that replace them uh, i'm coming around for a friday night at liam's house <laughs> I can provide beer as well. That's, <laughs> that's the golden ticket to fun. That is, is that the golden ticket to successful uh, maintenance on your bike? Yes. Right. Half your days. All right, then. Um, now, suspension is something that is slowly finding its way into the world of gravel. It is not finding its way into road bikes because you're all stuck in the last century, but that's a podcast for another day. don't need it. do need Road cars have them. Formula One cars have it. Road bikes should have it. But on mountain bikes, I think we all can accept that uh, suspension is a good thing 99.9% of the time. So how do we best look after that? Well, Liam. Can I remove myself from this conversation <laughs> you are by, duly ex- yeah. by saying that my cross-country bike, which I've had for about four years, and it only ever really gets ridden in the winter through the worst of the sloppy western mud, um, I have never touched the suspension. Well, and <laughs> it, it needs doing, but I'm, yeah, I, I can't face the cost. I think for the next two or three minutes, you can sit quietly in the corner yep. and absorb information. I'll think about what I've done. Right. So I, I, have, I have ridden suspension for quite a while, and I've managed to, I think, keep most of it running pretty smooth. So here are my top tips for looking after your suspension. First off, when you're cleaning your bike, it's probably best not to spray a high-powered hose or a pressure washer anywhere near the seals because you will get water past those seals and water inside suspension is not a good thing. However, it is a good thing to keep those seals clean because they are your first line of defense of keeping the internals of your fork working smoothly. So a gentle spray from a distance will help dislodge some of that worst bits of mud and dust. Maybe get a gentle cloth and very gently feed it round between the fork stanchion and the fork brace and just to rub away as much of that mud as you can maybe get a very thin very gentle brush in there potentially as well if you want and then give everything just a nice wipe down now there are brands uh, such as finish line you have things like suspension spray and the idea of this is kind of like a suspension lubricant to reduce stiction which leads to a slightly harsher feel than you'd necessarily won't but it's quite useful on the cleaning front because you spray it onto your stanchion cycle the fork up and down a little bit and it will help lift that last little bit of dirt from around your seals then wipe it off and leave it not going to say whether you can spray things like gt5 or wd40 on your fork because i would not recommend it necessarily no, no would i <laughs> um, but i have seen it done i am not going to recommend it. if you're going to spray things on your fork or shock stanchion 
use a proper suspension spray. Um, it'll cost you seven quid for a tin of it and it'll last you a long time. So that's like the basic day-to-day cleaning. It's really important. Uh, so just do it. Easy enough to do if you are relatively mechanically competent and have YouTube um, is a lower leg service. This is basically the case of popping off the lower legs of your fork, draining the oil, replacing the oil, making sure everything's clean inside. Again, get the isopropyl alcohol on there, give everything a nice wipe down, make sure there's nothing too disastrous in there. It takes about 45 minutes or an hour if you're not that sort of you know regularly doing it. If you're a pro, you can do it in maybe 20 minutes. And again, it's just really good preventative uh, maintenance. Obviously, there's a cost to doing it because you're going to be replacing oil. Occasionally, you might be replacing some of those foam seals and and things like that. But it will save your potential £1,000 fork from getting ruined in not a huge amount of time. Is this what I need to do? This is what you need to do. Well, no, actually, what you need to do, Liam, is the next stage, which is a proper Uh... full uh, service at about 200 hours of use, well, depending on your fork manufacturer, obviously it changes, but about a 200 hour one. Now this is much more involved, um, does cost more money because there's more parts. Mechanically, it's a little bit more complex, um, but this is the sort of thing that people quite often send their fork off to a suspension tuning or servicing place, like to Sprung, TF Tuned, there will be many others around the country uh, or over wherever you're listening to. Again, it will cost, well, in the UK, it's going to cost you about 100 quid, I'd say, for a, a full 200-hour fork service. It's worth doing. Your fork will come back and feeling beautiful, but in terms of making your kit last longer, it's going to make your fork last a lot longer. So I think that's pretty, I like... you covered everything there, Tom. I think I covered everything, which is handy. Can can someone help me take my fork off and package it up to send <laughs> off to TF Tune? <laughs> it's like taking a road bike fork off, but it's just a bit heavier. Oh, fine. You'll be fine. Um, similar sort of rules apply for your rear shock as well. Don't spray it too heavily. Keep it nice and clean. A little bit of suspension spray and keep it cycled and rub it down. And uh, servicing the shocks is a little bit more tricky, potentially. Um, but again, it can be done. Get onto the YouTubes. Search for how to clean and service whatever shock or fork you have. All right, then. We are going to rattle through the next two because I've got to get out of here in 10 minutes' time. So uh, this is another one that didn't make onto my list, but I was assured needed including, and that is bar tape. Liam, why are we talking about bar tape? It's just some sticky tape on your handle sticks. Funnily enough, it is, but it hides all sorts of issues. Uh, I worked at Halfords, among other bike shops in my time, and some of the sights and smells that I have seen and smelt pretty uh, horrifying horrific mm-hmm. um we're, we're talking genuinely dangerous corrosion under the bar tape especially so if you are a keen indoor trainer if you do a lot of swifting you need to do this because salt is very corrosive i am quite a sweaty boy in the right. summer so i i do have to change my tape every every winter is when i do really? mine strip it down um just rewrap the bar tape it's going to be nice anyway and yeah when I when I did my like radar bar tape the other day, I found some corrosion. So it's huh. it's time then to mark up where your shifters are, take the shifters off, and really inspect that corrosion. Because if if you leave it and you're going full bore in a sprint, or you hit a pothole mm-hmm. and that bar fails, you're going to literally eat your front wheel, <laughs> and that's not going to be comfortable. No. Okay. Changing a bar tape. Uh, I did it once recently. Um, 
I'm not a regular road or gravel cyclist. I'm a regular gravel cyclist, but I never really ride one bike, so I don't really have to change these things. But I fitted um, the classified hub system, and I had the little blip to fit, which meant I had to replace my bar tape. I didn't do it very well. You've just got to take your time. I took a long time. <laughs> my my advice would be to take your time. Try and get even gaps, um, and just make sure that there are no big gaps. You want decent tension on the tape. Don't pull it too hard because you will break it. Yeah, I mean, so uh, this is a complete aside and got absolutely nothing to do with the podcast. But right, this blip, right? So I've seen pictures of it where people have poked it through the hood rubber. Yeah, which felt slightly more involved than do on a test bike. I'm sorry, that's probably not. So you've got you've got to take scissors to a test bike. It's probably not the way to go. Yeah, I I took scissors to some bar tape. Um, Okay, so I've mounted mine just below the rubber. Um, and then, yeah, cut around it very neatly, I thought, for someone who is not competent at these things on my bar tape. But I did worry as I was pulling the bar tape tight whether that would then tear. It's, it's very easy. Um, I always find the easiest ones to do are Shimano's DI2 sprint shifters or satellite shifters, as they call them now. They are a much, much smaller shape. So it's easier to, I just get, I have a hole punch at home like a single single thing hole punch and you can get them in different diameters right and you just measure where you want it yeah the diameter of your lip order it off amazon and then use it once (laughs) (laughs) and then it sits in your toolbox for three years until you do your retaping because you you retape every winter yes i use it very very often now there we go god i recommend only using um cork bar tape as well um i don't really get on with all these fancy options that, that exist because it's harder to wrap and um, it means you don't do as good a job. With with cork tape, it's easy to rewrap if you ever need to remove it. Yeah. For example, if you're changing your handlebar or, or shifters or whatever. And it's generally much easier to um, to wrap because you can get a nice even gap. The only exception to that is I really like Silker's tape, um, but it is a pain to wrap. Okay. <laughs> mm. Well, I've got the Rafa winter tape, which has like, it's quite thick because yeah. I'm soft. Uh, no, it's nice and comfortable. It's nice and comfy. Yeah. And it's got like, it's got, it's got little ventilation holes because apparently you need ventilation on your grips. But behind the ventilation holes, there's some reflective stuff, which I don't think any car will ever see. No. Um, um, yeah. Another top tip is Shimano's Pro um, Sport Comfort or something okay. like that. Yeah, that's it's quite cork. thick. Yeah, it's very good. It's got a gel backing as well, which mm. means that as you're wrapping, it's really nice. You can put a decent amount, you can change the thickness of your tape by putting more pressure sure. or less pressure. But also it's got that gel back. So once you've wrapped and you go, oh, crap, there's a gap there, you can undo it really, really easily. And it it grips really well. And BBB make exactly the same product, but it's a, it's a third of the price. Cheap price. Good. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, once again, Friday nights at Liam's Place sound great. Um, finally, uh, it's the one you've all been waiting for, our final uh, way of making your fancy bike last a lot longer. And that seems to be don't ride it. <laughs> Yeah. So I've suggested investing in a cheaper <laughs> or uh, Buy or another bike. bike. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but but there is thousands. some method to the madness though. Is there? Uh, yeah. Uh because you're not riding well, if you if you own a nice bike with, with nice components on it, um by investing in something cheaper, you can wear out those components throughout the winter. You haven't got to worry about your nice bike and and, and parts on there and there's a really nice feeling come march when you've been training on that heavy bike all winter and you then get back onto the light bike and feel a performance benefit 
Okay. My winter bike also has um, full mud guards, which are amazing. Mm-hmm. They, it also has a rack for a pannier mount, which means that my winter bike is also my commuting bike. Mm-hmm. And, you know, three days a week in the office, that saves me four quid a day on the bus or £10.60 a day on the train. Right, okay. Which adds up quite quickly. 12 quid a week. Yeah, yeah. quite easily. Which, uh, f- uh, some money it's, every year. It's, it's <laughs> quite a lot of money, especially if I got the train every day. Yeah. That would be over 50 quid a week. So treat is, treat your uh, winter bike as actually your commuting bike for those of you who currently drive to work. And when it comes to mountain bikes, uh, if you've got a full suspension bike, it might be worth investing in a hardtail for the winter because then you haven't got any frame bearings or, mm. or rear shock to worry about. Um, and it's always fun going back to a hardtail and uh, riding familiar trails that, that you know on a different bike and, uh, and building your uh, your skill set up. I mean, you might as well then go the whole hug and build of single speed. Or <laughs> join the dark side I and like get a needs. gravel bike. Gravel bike. Yeah. Gravel bike is the answer. Yeah. Yeah, don't, tell, don't tell Rob, my boss. <laughs> gravel bikes are the best. Uh, I'm only joking. Um, yes, you could do that as well. So, <laughs> how to make your bike last longer? Buy another one. M plus yep. one is always the way. Yes. All right, guys. Well, thank you ever so much for your input into uh, ways to make your components last a little bit longer. Now, as I've said a couple of times, if you head to bikecredit.com, you'll find an article called 10 Ways to Make Your Components Last Longer, which will include some of these, but a few other cheeky ones that we haven't mentioned today. Um, so, head over there and have a look. In the meantime, don't forget to like this podcast if you've enjoyed it give us a rating and um, suggest it to your mates so they can also listen to the white radar podcast we really appreciate that don't forget to subscribe as well so it gets beamed straight to your phone and if you've got any comments questions suggestions ideas or anything like that or you just want to uh i don't know ask liam for a, a date on a friday night uh it is podcast at bikerider.com if you give me beer i will rewrap your bar tape <laughs> If that's not an innuendo to finish on, I don't know what is. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Right, let's move on from that. Right, episode, well, uh, thank you very much, Oscar, and thank you very much, Liam. We'll be back in a few days' time. Thanks for listening to the Bike Radar Podcast. If you've not done so already, please subscribe and share with your friends, or leave us a rating if you've enjoyed this episode. 